What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm not going to start singing, not this early in the show, but it's football season, and I get excited, and sometimes that comes out in song. Sometimes just kind of sing some, because we're going to talk to some Texans tonight. Yeah, so I may have just broken your radio dial, and who am I? I'm John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and I just got an email. Look at that. I just, just got an email. How awesome is that? Uh, and you heard it. I got an email, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, because you might hear it at some point on this show, maybe in the next segment, because I can promise you in the next segment, we're going to have a little buddy howl who talks about one of my favorite shows. And don't hate. It's one of my favorite shows. You'll find out what it is. You'll find, and you'll find out why we talked to Buddy Howe. We also talked to Jalil Adai. I went 40 yards with Jalil Adai, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this team. And one of my favorites already on this team, and has been since 2016, is DJ Reader. And Drew did a dirty dozen with DJ Reader. So we will have all of that. Plus, the In the Lab crew, me, Drew Doherty, Talked about our surprises. Now, we limited, we limited it to two each. Only two. We could have gone a lot further. But we decided to just do two. And these weren't guys that are locks to make the team, but just guys that have been surprises. Maybe guys that had we had no – we talked about positive surprises. Are there negative surprises? Uh, probably, I guess. Nothing really – maybe surprise is the right word, I guess. But – I mean, I can go with it. You'll get a little bit more when we do that. We'll do that later in the show. But right now, it is time for... Texans Audio Toolbox. Oh, it is the segment sweeping the nation. Don't you love it? And we're going to hear from two people that went to the podium today. Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson. Let's put a quarter in the slot and see what comes up first. And we're going to start with the head ball coach, Bill O'Brien, who was asked about his two rookie linemen, Titus Howard and Max Sharping. And one of the things that gets brought up a lot about offensive linemen, and it gets brought up a lot about the the players the Texans acquire or bring here in trades or whatever the case might be, the versatility, the word versatility. And some people sort of bristle at it. Well, you know, if you're versatile, it means maybe you're not so good at one position or not. Well, Coach O'Brien said today – he likes their versatility, but for young guys, getting them at one spot is very, very helpful. He wants to lock them down at that spot. Luckily with these guys, they're very smart guys. So Sharping and Titus, they've actually picked up the assignments pretty well. You know, they know what to do. Mostly Titus has played on the left side, left guard, left tackle. Max has played right guard and right tackle. So the versatility is good, but you definitely want to hone in on what they're going to be doing. And uh, I'm not sure that we you know, that we have that nailed down yet and hopefully get through this game and start to nail that down during next week. Keeping these guys in one spot helps, but you do like to see the versatility in preseason games. But once they get locked in one spot, and maybe it's guard for both of them, maybe that's where it needs to be. We'll see how injuries play a role in this. Obviously, Titus right now dealing with uh, an injured hand, and so he hasn't been at practice because of the injured hand, but it does look like he's going to be ready to go by week one. But that's going to probably make it even more important to keep them at one particular spot. Now, Max Sharping, is a, he's a guy dropped in the second round, kind of after a lot of tackles were taken. And I remember thinking about Sharping when I saw him at Northern Illinois. I remember the words economy of movement. Like he didn't have to move a whole lot. He just moved where he needed to, 
and he got guys blocked. And sometimes we take that for granted. You know, oh, he didn't pancake a guy, or he didn't look like an all-pro in that block. Well, did this guy make the play? No. Okay, he got his guy blocked. Max Sharping does a lot of those things. Coach O'Brien said this is what he likes about Max Sharping. I think he's played very well at guard. He plays very square inside. He doesn't get turned a lot. He's very smart. He's a quick reactor. There it is. He's a quick reactor. I like that. He's not the fleetest of foot, but he is a guy that can react pretty fast, and I've, and I've seen that in different drills that they've done. Another guy who's versatile is a big day for talking about the rookies. It's kind of a weird day, actually. Charles Amenahu, or as the team calls him, Chuck. Chuck who he can do a lot of different things. He is versatile. He can rush anywhere up and down the line of scrimmage. It's good to have a rookie like him around. And Coach says, yeah, he's very, very versatile. Plays some five technique. Goes in there. He actually plays pretty good inside. You know, he's got good hand, hand placement and hand usage and good footwork, uh, four-eye. Passing situations, maybe three technique. We've lined him up over the center. He's played probably five or four or five different spots. So, um uh, yeah, he can do a lot of different things. It's good to have him. You know, it's interesting. I, I've seen Charles on film in, when he was at Texas. I, I don't know. I've seen him a bunch of times. And I've seen big guys before. Like, I've been around this team. I mean, I see big guys. I mean, that's, that's what I do. I see these guys all the time. Charles is a man who's a different kind of big. The long arms, the length, how he's filled out, I, it's kind of amazing. The size that he has and the quickness that he plays with, he's going to be a factor on this team. I'm, I'm telling you. And that versatility is going to help him. It's really going to help him going up against anybody from tackle to tackle. And then if he's got to go rush the edge, he can do that too. He did that the other night uh, against the Detroit Lions. Now, the tight end spot is one that we have talked about. I've been asked about on radio probably a million times. A million times. What are they going to do with the tight ends? What are they going to do with the tight ends? Well, it's good to know that I'm not the only one having a little bit of, oh, about the tight ends. Because, like, what are you going to do? Because they've been so good. Coach said the tight end roster bubble is going to keep a lot of people up at night. When you have a guy like Daniel Fells that's come in here and played, he's played really well. I mean, he had a nice uh, game against Detroit. Um, He's practiced well. He's a very mature guy. Jordan Thomas, who we drafted last year, uh, Jordan Aiken, same. Those guys have played well. Jarrell Adams has played well. And then you have Kahali Waring, who's in the concussion protocol right now. But, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a position that has a lot of depth. So it's going to be interesting, you know, do you keep all of those guys and how does that affect another position? So there's a lot of late nights ahead of us here to try to figure that out because we want to be fair to everybody. And that's the hardest thing. You know, you try to be fair to everybody, but obviously you've got to put together the best 53-man roster with a thought of what the 46-man game day roster is going to be. And that's tough, especially when you look at that position. So, so incredibly hard. So tough. So tough. Now, a guy that is tough and is one of the better young safeties in this league is Justin Reed. And he has missed a few days. Dealing with something that happened in the Detroit Lions joint practices. Hopefully he's going to be able to come back because Coach said, we got we to gotta have this guy. We need for him to be healthy this year. Justin Reed is one of our better players. He's a very smart player. Um, he does a lot of different things for us. Um, I think the big thing with Justin is to, you know, just stay as healthy as he can. You know, just be healthy, be able to be out there on the field and uh, – 
uh, because he's an important part of what we're doing, no doubt about it. You know, Justin's not – he's not one of those guys that just you worry about from a reckless standpoint. He's not reckless the way he plays the game. So smart, cerebral, but he is physical. He is very physical, and he's asked to do a lot in this defense. So that is something that obviously you worry about with a guy like that is, is injuries. I mean, I think about the Indianapolis Colts. They had a guy named Bob Sanders many, many years ago. And when Bob Sanders was on the field, and Indianapolis defense was a whole different animal. But Bob got so banged up, he was like 5'8", like 205. And he was – he maybe was reckless. Now, he was physical. He was maybe a little reckless. And maybe that led to some injuries. Justin doesn't play it that way. He's smart in the way that he plays it, but he plays very, very physical. And hopefully he's going to get back on the field because he is that guy in the back along with Sean Gibson who's been out for a few days as well. Hopefully they can get those guys together because they both, from a physical standpoint, I'm not going to say that they're, they intimidate anybody because it's not like it used to be. But if it used to be that, if, they, if the game were the same as it was 10 years ago where they could just hit anything that went across the middle – You'd be worried about Reed and about uh, Adai and about Tashawn Gibson. You'd worry about that. You'd be like, I want to run against those guys. But Justin Reed, he is absolutely without question very, very important uh, for this particular team and this defense. Now, one of the guys that everybody wanted to talk about is Duke Johnson. Got on the field this week in practice, and it was good to see what this guy can do. There's a lot that goes into learning a new offense, no matter what, no matter what offense you're going to. Whether you're learning a Pop Warner offense, where you learn NFL offense, there's a lot of terminology that goes with it. And Coach said, look, Duke's learning it. Very smart guy. Um, he's able to, you know, learn in the meetings. He's done a lot of the things. I think he, in, in Freddie's offense, he was doing a lot of similar things. And so it's maybe they call it apples, we call it oranges, but it's conceptually the same thing. And he's a very smart guy, so it's been fun to coach him, and he's, he's doing good. I can't wait to see what he's able to do in games. And I said this to, to – Rick and Clint, uh, Kamala, Clint and Kamala on Sports Radio 610 when I did my hit earlier today. When we were talking about the running backs, I almost, I think I'm going to, I have a feeling I'm heading in this direction that I will bristle at anyone that calls Duke Johnson a running back because he's, he's going to end up being much more than I tote the rock, I catch the ball. He's going to be a – he's an offensive weapon. If anybody fit that bill of offensive weapon, not quite a receiver, not quite a running back, but does everything that both those positions can do and can do it pretty well, Duke Johnson might epitomize that more than anybody. All right, let's put another quarter in the jukebox and see what we get. This one's coming up, DW4, Deshaun Watson to the podium today. He talked about what he's looking forward to most Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. Another opportunity to get some live action. Uh, another opportunity to see, you know, where we stand um, as an offense, but as a team too, and uh, just kind of, you know, getting ready for the the real action coming up in a couple weeks, and uh, you know, just trying to make sure that I'm staying, you know, prepared for for this game and staying in tune and uh, making sure that everyone is on the same page, building chemistry. Now. If Deshaun sounds like he's out of breath, he was. Because right before that interview, he, after practice, post-practice, he spent about 15 to 20 minutes on the rope ladder uh, with uh, Joe Webb. The two of them going through the rope ladder, doing different drills, working on footwork, all that kind of stuff, with the green bands around their ankles. That's what he was doing after practice. He didn't just saunter over like, hey, practice is over. 
he walked over and did that extra work. And I'm telling you, he saw Tom Brady do that in 2017, and he's been doing it ever since. And he is going to be he's, – he's, that's going to rub off. I mean, Joe Webb started to do it with him. So now he's got Joe doing it, and hopefully he continues to get everybody doing it. The guys that stay after practice, I mean, like, they don't even have to say anything. I mean, the entire team almost stays after practice. So uh, Deshaun right there, a little bit out of breath, but hopefully when we get to this next question, he's not out of breath because he's talking about a guy like Duke Johnson. He said, boy, he's really fun. He can be an electric guy. Everyone around the league know what Duke Johnson can do, what he did for Cleveland um, at his time there. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of, uh, you know, extra talent, and, and he can do a lot of different things for this, especially for our offense. When he gets the ball in his hands, ooh, boy, my goodness. Let's talk about the receivers a little bit. Deshaun, he likes his receiver crew. I can, I can tell you. You just get that feeling that he likes throwing to these guys that he – that he throws to Vincent Smith, Tyron Johnson. No hop, no fuller today at practice, no QT. So he's throwing it to Vinny, he's throwing it to Tyron Johnson, throwing it to his tight ends. And he talked about this wide receiver crew, and he said, these guys are so fast, man. I got to just let this thing fly. The biggest thing is, you know, try to get it as far as out, far out as you can and, you know, let them run and let them use their traits. And um, I'd rather overthrow it than underthrow it so the DB can, can uh, you know, try to make a play. So either my receiver can catch the ball or no one can. You think about the speed that this team has at receiver, my goodness. And I think about that a lot, about, about quarterbacks. There have been other quarterbacks that come to this building that you would not have wanted to have with this receiver crew because they wouldn't be able to throw it deep with accuracy and do it effectively. But with, with Watson, absolutely, absolutely you want to do that. There's no question. All right, there is... Texans Audio Tunebox. See, I spared you my singing right there with our little jingle there. I like I like the jingle. I like the jingle. I like having it around. So I appreciate Mark Vandermeer for pulling in some talent to help him do that. I don't think Mark sings on that. He could have. He he thought about doing it, but then he he uh, found some resources uh, and he uh, sourced that out a little bit. So appreciate Mark for getting us a little jingle for Texans Audio Jukebox. A little bit of Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson at the podium today. Now, those two weren't the only two talking today. Those are the only two at the podium today. But they weren't the only ones talking today. Jalila Dye talked to me. DJ Reader talked to Drew. And Buddy Howell talked to DP. We'll have those three interviews for you next, right here on Texans All Access. That is right. Texans All Access on your radio dial. Or, I don't know, maybe you're listening later on the podcast. Either way, appreciate you listening. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter for your Houston Texans. And we had a lot of people talking today. We had Bill O'Brien and Sean Watson at the podium. So we had Texans Audio Jukebox in the first segment. In this segment, we're going to talk to DJ Reader. We're going to talk to Jill Die, But we're going to start with Buddy Howell. Gregory is his real name, and so sometimes you'll see Gregory. But it's Buddy Howell. Played at FAU. And that's a really important distinction for this interview. Because... Buddy's teammate is maybe a guy that some of you know. If you are familiar with the Bachelor series, Tyler Cameron was one of the finalists for the most recent Bachelorette. And he was one of the hottest commodities anywhere. And guess who watches the Bachelorette? Well, me. And also DP Sidhu. So you can imagine what those two talked about in the Xfinity one-on-one with DP Sidhu. Here's Buddy Howe. 
It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity joining us today, Buddy Howell. Buddy having a tremendous off-season training camp and preseason. A lot of people taking notice, but i got to ask you about one of your famous friends, okay. Tyler C. from oh. The Bachelorette. Yeah, man. Um, Even he's noticed on Twitter. No, nah, yeah, yeah. He, he famous, man. But, um, yeah, we played football together at FAU. Um, great guy, man. Great guy, great teammate. He was my tight end. He came in as a quarterback, and he, like, switched the tight end. So, you know, he blocked for me, you know, and I blocked for him to get the ball and all that stuff. So, great bond, great, great chemistry. But it was great to see him on a bachelorette. bachelorette. But he should have won. <laughs> I agree with he you. So, won. did you watch the whole season? Um, They've been down. Not too much. I ain't going to lie. But, like, you know, you, everything is on the Internet. So, even if you didn't watch the whole show, you saw his clips just because people I follow. He made it to the final, too. He was very popular. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, because I, when I went back home, I had to do, like, a little excerpt for FAU to, like, you know, talking about the show. But the rest of them guys, I ain't really see nothing. You feel me? Like <laughs> you're, not, you're not biased or anything, but you thought he should have won. Yeah, you just look at him and see, like, you know, the perks and the good things and the type of person he is. And he's good <laughs> with people. Like, he's good with just anybody. And, like, that's the type of person for her, I feel like, you know, she would love because he's not the jealous type. He's the type that's, like, willing to, you know, be open and figure things out but I don't know man I, you know it is what it is I think one person that would really appreciate this conversation would be John Harris our sideline reporter because him and I and Jesse are, who's in charge of our social media we have these bachelor bachelorette discussions every Tuesday you should have been a part of this buddy all yeah, along man. see look the thing also put me in a loop man I could have <laughs> <laughs> you want to put you on the group chat now all right Gushers also uh very shout out to very shout out to Gushers sending you all this free stuff are you even allowed to eat half the stuff that they send you uh, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Now, yeah, candy, I guess. You know, I take care of, you know, my diet well. I don't be eating a lot of, well, I eat candy. I, if you call that junk he eats, food. He eats well when he's supposed to, right? Gus's work. They work. They well, power me up. Well, let's talk about the camp that you're having in preseason. you got a lot of carries. Uh, did a lot of nice things on special teams. But how much fun is it for you to get get to do a little bit more on offense here in um, these games? It's fun, man. Getting back in that groove and getting back to running the ball is something that, you know, that's what I, you know, that's what I live for. But you know, playing my role and doing my, doing my thing on special teams, that's what I'm, that's what they got me here for. But when I get the opportunity to run the rock, I don't know, it was fun, man. It's been a minute since I got 15 carries, and to have the opportunity, I was just like, I was feeling it, and it felt good. And that's, you know, I'm glad I was able to go out there and show, you know, the people what I'm, what I'm capable of, because it's probably been a little minute, you know, practice. You can't really get a true test, but when it's time to actually take somebody for, the, for somebody to take you to the ground. Then it's like, okay, let's see the real deal. So I had fun out there. You, you got the touchdown. Your teammates were celebrating with you. Mm -hmm. That running backs group, it's such a competitive position right now, but it seems like you guys are all very close and tight-knit, doesn't it? Nah, yeah, man. It's like a brotherhood. Like, it's no, it's no hate in the group. It's all love, and we all just want to basically grow and learn. So we got a group that's willing to learn, willing to do anything for each other and do anything for the team to be successful. So it's like the competition is there, but – at the end of the day, being in this business, being in this sport, it's always a competition. Well, is it because several of you are from Florida? You've got the Florida bond going on? Uh, yeah, but no, I'm good with all of them. I'm good with, you know, I'm good with Higg. I'm good with Croc. I'm good with uh, Gully. I'm good with Ty. I'm good with Josh. Like, I'm good with everybody. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I think we got a great team. You know, we got a, you know, Coach OB does a good job of bringing in guys that are like team players, just got good vibes and no animosity. So, just like having that type of group that's like, you know, we don't feel like, you know, although Lamar's the starter and the older guy, we don't feel like like we have to like bow down to him. Like we can talk to him just like we can talk to each other. So like 
having that type of vibe in the group and with our coach too, like we could talk to him about anything. So when you're comfortable and you can have open conversations in your relationship, it's tight like that. You know, it's like competition is there, but you really just out here having fun at the end of the day. Did you grow up watching Lamar? I know he's not that much older than you, but you you were playing football in Florida. How much did you see of him, and how much did you know about him before you got here? Um, no, nah, I knew about Lamar, but the one I watched the most is Duke. Like, when I was in high school and when I was going to high school, he was actually in high school playing. So I watched his highlight tape and watched him do a lot of things down in South Florida a lot. So I watched more Duke than Lamar just because around that time, you know, Internet was popping and – it was easy to watch YouTube, and he was all over the place. But I also got a glimpse at Lamar when he was at Killian and when he was at UM. So kind of saw both, but, like, if you want to, like, true aspect when I was actually old enough to, like, realize what's going on, yeah, I watched a lot of Duke Johnson because he was just fun to watch. I don't know. If y'all go look at his highlight tape from high school, you'd be like, man, what, what, what is this? <laughs> like, he was do you, do you tell them these things? you tell the running backs in your room? No, that, I, hey, I, I, I told Duke, this. man, I say, man, you over here, you know, you in the H, we waiting for the old Duke. I just say that all the time, you know. <laughs> Because, you know, probably been kind of quiet since he was in Cleveland. But now that he's in Houston, he's, he's got a chance to, you know, show the world what he's capable of. And great player. So I'm just waiting for the old dude. That's what I keep telling him. What are you working on? You've got a few more weeks here with the preseason left. It's week three, heading into Dallas. What are some things that you're trying to get better at? Um, Obviously special teams. Just make sure I know my assignments at all times. That's something that, you know, I praise myself on. Just knowing what you got to do. Being in the right place at the right time. And... As a running back, just, you know, continue to learn the playbook inside and out, read defenses, know when they're going to blitz, stuff that, you know, if you're not paying attention, can catch you off guard. So just being on top of everything and probably not getting all the reps in practice, but taking mental reps. That's something that's very important, taking mental reps when you're not actually getting the physical reps because that keeps you prepared. So just like when I got in the game, late in the game, it wasn't like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, shoot, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I had to do, and I knew what I had to do to make the team be successful so just knowing and being knowledgeable but around this time of camp you just want to make sure your body's feeling good you want to make sure you feel good and you're getting ready for the season and you're just ready to roll so basically I'm just basically fine-tuning everything make sure my mind is sharp make sure I'm getting a lot of rest take care of my body and just be ready for the season had a chance to talk to buddy after the game love catching up with him the fact that he's connected to Tyler Cameron we should have put that together we should have put two and two together and we didn't and DP and I are two of the biggest bachelorette fans in the world and my my daughter likes it too, and she'd like Tyler C., so we'll see what ends up happening. Now, my daughter is also a big fan of our next guest. That's DJ Reader, and DJ Reader did the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty. Thank you, my friends. It's time to talk with defensive lineman DJ Reader, one of our favorites to chit-chat with, and DJ, so we got to start off with some barbecue questions. Two meats, two sides. What are they? I'm a chopped barbecue guy, being from Carolina, so... Probably go chop, just straight chop barbecue pulled pork. And then ribs, pork ribs. I don't really like beef ribs like that. They're all right. It's a little too tender. And two sauces, ah, mac and cheese and baked beans. Any sauces on the uh, meats? Yeah, sweet sauce. I'm a sweet sweet and spicy kind of guy. Vinegar base or mustard base. It doesn't really bother me. But I, but I get down with both of them. What's the dessert after a barbecue meal? Bread pudding, apple pie and ice cream, peach cobbler, or... Sweet potato casserole. We'll say all. How about all that? All of them, yeah. Whatever dessert you got. Cool. Which of the rookies is the best singer? Ooh, best singer. Might go with Charles Menehue. I, I heard him sing a little bit. He said he can sing. Javier, Javier was going to sing too. Yeah. Better than Titus Howard? Because he sang on this and he, he was doing that pretty uh, good. Florida Georgia Line is song. It pretty good? It sounded pretty good, but I didn't hear the uh, others. I'm, I might put Javier up against Titus. 
I'll believe you. You were in the room. I was just hearing one of them. Which songs get you ready for game day, get you ready for a practice? Of course, listen to Go DJ by Lil Wayne. I've really been in my future bag lately. Future Gunner just came out with some new stuff. Money Man, he's rising. So those are my artists. I don't really got per se songs, but you, you swing through those four, and I probably got something to come out of them. Brandon Dunn, still at the high level, the elite yeah. level as a yeah, DJ? he's great as a DJ. Me and him are always seeing eye to eye. We got that chemistry when I'm his hype man. I was like, I'm his MC, he the DJ. We got that chemistry when we up there, and I know all the songs we play, so we do that. And he said sometimes Deshaun adds in some. Yeah, Deshaun's got good taste in music. Deshaun knows all the songs. He's usually chill. He's like our guest DJ appearance, and every time the guest DJ shows up, he does a good job. Though. Are there any other guest DJs? Oh, yeah. Wood comes in there. Xavier Oops. Wood. Xavier Wood comes in there. Woodson. Chantrell, he comes and DJs. That's about it. Chantrell yeah. Henderson, I've been told is very, very sneakily funny. Is that true? He's hilarious. Chantrell's hilarious. He's got a lot of jokes. He's very sarcastic. Chantrell's that sarcastic guy. He's always making jokes. He's funny. If you were not playing football, what would your career be right now? Probably a high, flu- high school athletic director, something like that. I don't know if I want to coach ball immediately, but athletic director, I think I can get in there. Be involved, but not too yeah, involved. Yeah, not too involved. On the business side and dealing with tickets and being being around the kids, not having to coach them and yell at them. I'm not the one that's out of yell at them. That's cool. Managing people, yeah, managing yeah, the coaches. Yeah. Rank the DJs. DJ Reader, DJ Tanner from Full House, the actor DJ Qualls, that skinny guy from Road Trip, DJ LeMahieu, the baseball player, and then DJ Jazzy Jeff. We'll go DJ Reader, DJ Jazzy Jeff, DJ LeMahieu, DJ Tanner, and then the skinny guy from the movie. Good rankings. I like those. Ever talk baseball with Jordan Akins? No, not that much. We just don't talk about it. We, when we do talk about it, it gets in a deep conversation, so I think that's why we don't talk about it as much. What are y'all's deep conversations about? It just goes far off. And like, you know, he played in the farm system. I know a lot about it from having guys who play with me and things like that. So just talking about that process and his journey here and things like that. And, you know, just playing travel baseball and stuff growing up, how interesting it was and different places we went and visited, tournaments played in. Who's the first person you call after a football game when you finish? My mom. My mom's pretty tough on me. She's, How so? Competitor. My mom's like top-notch competitor. She's real tough. So probably call her, ask her if she'd watch it, see how I did. And after that, I'd probably call my brother, another tough critic. So you like the good, tough, constructive yeah, criticism? Yeah, I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's always just good to talk to your mom. It's a comforting voice and things like that, so it makes it a little bit easier. Well, you got a comforting voice too, DJ, and we always appreciate the time. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us. Best of luck this season. I appreciate it. Thank you. And while we're here, you know what? Let's go 40 yards with Jalil Adai. Glad you're on the 40, man. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you. Okay, now we start off every 40 with this same question. Everybody's been pretty truthful except for Dylan Cole, apparently, from what I've heard. What's the fastest 40 you ever ran? Fastest 40 I've ever ran? Yeah. 4.52. Okay. 4.52, all honesty. So Dylan Cole said 4.38. You buying that? Dylan can move. He can move. Yeah, Dylan can move. He can run. That's the 4.38s are pretty salty. So last year, I get home on a Sunday after we played our playoff game on a Saturday, and I turn on the TV, and I'm watching you guys playing for the Chargers against the Ravens. And I look out there, and I'm counting. I'm counting. I'm like, there's seven DBs on the field, and I see number 37 playing linebacker. Yeah. What was that experience like playing linebacker in a playoff game like that? Um, it's It was crazy. I had to learn it in basically a week. <laughs> um, but it, it helped me knowing the defense. You know, I was able yeah. to fit into that spot um, a lot quicker. And I played in the box, yeah. you know, yep. so I had to know what the other two linebackers were doing um, when I was playing down safety in the box. So the, the transition wasn't that bad. Do you think you'll play linebacker here? I'll do no. whatever they want me to. <laughs> I know you will. Now, we got a lot of guys on our staff mm-hmm. from Central Michigan. And they talk about Central Michigan all the time. Like, it's Central Michigan is it. 
Why is Central Michigan such a big deal? Actually, it's because it's in the middle of like nowhere. Mount Pleasant, Michigan, I've yeah. probably never heard of it, but yeah. it's a college town. Yeah. And the field there is electrifying yeah. um, for being a Division One Mac school. Um, and there's so much to do in a little town. You know, it's family-oriented. Then, you know, they have the college dorms. Then you have, you know, the local bars and eateries and stuff like that. So oh, it's definitely a good college field. I know when this is going to get edited, there's going to be, like, stars and rainbows on what you just said. <laughs> Last question for you. In the DB room, it's a pretty big room. Mm -hmm. Who's the defensive back most likely to get fined for anything? The defensive back most likely to get fined? It might be me. <laughs> it, it might be me. I've got some hefty fines in my career for some hits, but I've been I've been lowering my target lately, so I don't know. I don't think if it was not me, I think it might be bad at Mosi. I could see that. There it is, four yards of Jalil Dodge. Jalil, appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Now, neither of those three have been a big surprise. We expected big things from them, and they've all delivered. Maybe Buddy a little bit for some people. But what about surprises throughout training camp? The In the Lab crew, Drew Doherty and myself, discuss that. We'll have that for you next right here in Texans All Access. Who doesn't like surprises? Uh, I'm one of them. I don't like surprises too much. But a good surprise, I think everybody likes a good surprise, right? Well, how about a couple of surprises? Drew Doherty and I sat down for our In the Lab podcast, and we talked about two guys. Maybe they aren't going to make the roster, but have surprised us during training camp, take a listen. We're talking about surprises. Who has surprised you? Meaning, who has surprised you since the start of training camp? In practices? In games? Both? Yep. What has surprised you? I mean, I don't want to just limit it to a player. I chose two players. You might have chosen two players, too. But okay. you're off the wall. You might have gone with something else. I'm going to start because I'm greedy and I'm selfish. Okay. And I don't want you to steal these. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with these two. I have been surprised by Roderick Johnson, and I'll tell you my second one in a little bit. But Roderick Johnson is a guy who joined the team last year, or really two years ago. Not last year, last June, a last, year ago, yeah. June. Yep. And, you know, he was on the practice squad at times. He was brought to the active roster at times, kind of shuttled back and forth, played a little bit or was active for one game, didn't do too, too much. Yeah. But... Always a nice guy, always a pleasant guy, and it seemed like I saw him the most. Of all the players on the team, I saw him the most this offseason. And usually it was in the cafeteria or in the halls. Yeah. Always had a very pleasant demeanor, but I just I didn't know much about him and I didn't see him too much. Yeah. You don't see anything really offensive lineman wise during OTAs and, and minicamp. You see yeah. footwork, but shorts, T shirts. Can't really tell too terribly much. Right. But Roderick Johnson Clear, clearest on, on Saturday night against the Lions. Looked pretty darn good. He actually started the game. Uh, Matt Khalil was out. I've just been very surprised by Roger Johnson. I did a 12 questions with him earlier in the day on Tuesday. Yeah. Fascinating guy. Good dude. Very pleasant. But, John, I've really liked what I've seen out of Roderick Johnson, and I think it's been so much fun to think about the possibilities. I'm not saying he's Anthony Munoz. That, <laughs> yeah. But – you might you might have something there in Roderick Johnson. I think he's he's gone a long way towards not just earning a spot on this team, but maybe even earning a spot in the starting lineup. Drew, had we done a – and this would be a fun exercise to do in the future. If we had come up with just you and me, not even on the air, but just what would the 53-man roster look like? Yeah. And then did it afterwards. I – when should we do – okay, we need to earmark this. Should we do it 
like the week after the draft next year because draft and free agency will yeah, be done. I, mean, I, I yeah, I would think I would think we could do it even after OTA. Well, you don't even want to get a look. You, you're probably right. It's probably after the draft because it'd be a, in part it would be a foolish exercise. We look a little foolish, right? That's you know? kind of the point, though. Yeah, is to is to point out you know how how kind of foolish we would look. But I guarantee you that on any iteration that we would have done, Roderick probably would not have been in that in that mix. Right. But it was about the second or third day. He was coming off the field, and I think we had been outside. He was coming off the field, and I was, I was looking for somebody, so I was looking back. And he was coming off the field, and I saw him, and I just walked up to him, and I said, I said Rod, I'm John. Um, I said, I just got to tell you, from where you were last year at this time to where you are now is night and day different. I was you, like, you say night and day. Yeah. Bill O'Brien has said light years I mean, when asked about the comparison. So it's it's clear he's he's done a lot. Yeah. And, you know, he's a guy at Florida State that decided to declare after his third year. And I've I've gotten to where in the draft, you know, when I was – you know, young and dumb as you can be in your 20s and 30s and probably even in my early 40s. But I probably probably was about mid-30s where I started looking at all these guys declaring for the draft. And instead of going, that's a dumb idea, that's stupid, I stepped back and went, wait a second. These guys might be declaring for the draft for a particular reason. Yeah. There might be a family reason. It might be they, they may have a family. You know, the family that might be taken care of back home wherever they're from. There might be a financial need for them. Sometimes you get bad advice. Yeah, sometimes you get horrible advice. Sometimes you play a position in which, like running back, where starting your clock earlier is probably your, your NFL clock earlier is probably the right thing because you know teams aren't looking at guys with you know with with a really uh, high odometer. You know what? What's one thing you say about running backs? Boy, he doesn't. He's got a lot of tread off the tires. He's got right. A lot of carries. So sometimes you really believe in yourself, and maybe you believe in yourself too much. Right, and so. Rod had gotten a lot of honors at Florida State. He had had a lot of honors come his way. And I think maybe that clouded division, I don't know. But I remember watching him coming out of Florida State and I just went, he's not – a lot of people are making him out to be a first, second, third rounder. I was like, he's not that. I said, he's, he's a day three guy and he's got to develop some. He needs some time to develop. And then when he came here, I thought, boy, if they could just, you know, have some time to develop him, I mean, you know, who knows. And that development time came and he – just has soaked it all in. And like you said, it's not as if he's he's Anthony Munoz or he's Tony Baselli or anybody that you look at and say, boy, th- th- you know, from day one, when you watch Munoz and, and Baselli, for example, Jonathan Ogden, you're like, okay, those yeah. guys are left tackles. They're going to the Hall of Fame. They're you know great players. You look at Rod and think, boy, if he just continues to get 1% better every day, he's going to end up being a good player for this team. So you're absolutely right. This is a, it, I think it's a big surprise for a lot of people. Well, I asked him what he – Even the coaching staff. Sure. And I asked him, what would you do this offseason? I mean, how'd you, what would you do to get better? And, he, you know, he kind of he, – he's keeping his cards close to his vest, right. I, I, which I took that as a good sign. He, he said, oh, well, I, you know, I just – I followed the program. I, I, you know, I stayed in the weight room, watched film. You know, he didn't give up any – any secrets or any trade yeah. secrets, which no state I kind of like. You know, he's. It shows me that he's. He's not buying any hype. He's not buying any right. uh, rah rah about him. Like he's. He still has a lot to prove. And Bill O'Brien said that on Monday. He's like, right. he played really well. He was but, great on. on but let's, let's do it see again. If he can stack. And let's keep yeah. doing it again. And I like that about what Coach was saying. I like that what Roger the way he was reacting. So Roger Johnson is my first surprise. My second surprise has been the nastiest player. I've seen with the ball in his hands this camp. 
when he gets the ball in his hands, he's mean. I'm talking about we see that meanness the other night when Jarrell Adams stiff-armed that dude and then was about to (laughs) knock another DB into next week, and that DB made a business decision and just kind of moved (laughs) out of the way. And you and I were kind of joking about it during the game on the sidelines when we were doing our hit for uh, the the preseason TV broadcast. But he did make a business decision. That's been him in practice too. We've seen this in practice. Like he's nasty in practice and he'll he's made some plays. He's made he's caught some touchdown passes and he is not afraid to bark at some guys after he's made a play or two. And it's it's really he's a guy that we didn't bring up when we talked talked about how athletic this tight end room is. Yeah. How promising this tight end room is because you take him out of the equation, it's it's a very promising tight end group with wearing with the two Jordans, with Darren Fells. So I think those yeah. four are all going to make it. Well, Adams has looked outstanding and, and done everything you've wanted for him at this camp. He's looked great. Yeah. He, I've said... And he's been out there every every practice, yeah. which is a big deal, too. I think the tight end group has been the most impressive of any unit on this team. And I don't even know that it's close. They They were so good in Green Bay. They had good days against Detroit. They've shown up in the games. You know, Jarrell caught a touchdown pass against the Packers. He had that catch and run the other night on a third and one. Aikens has made a big play every single practice. Aikens has been phenomenal. When JT went down third, fourth day, Aikens stepped up like, all right, throw me the ball. Give me the rock. And so at that point you started thinking, whoa, holy smokes, look at what Aikens is doing. Thomas made a lot of plays the other night. And and Thomas, his, you know, know, JT is (laughs) – He's a big play waiting to happen. I do think overall the blocking's got to get a little bit better. Yep. Um, but I think it's improved. But I think the overall the blocking needs to get better. But I think Will Long has done a really nice job in his first year coaching the tight ends. I think he's done a heck of a job with those guys. And the the math says you can't keep five. So you you wonder is Jarrell Adams the odd the odd man out because you you just you got two. Second year guys, you know they're not going anywhere. Kylie Warren, you think he's a rookie, third rounder, he's not going anywhere. And, and Fells is the the vet of the room. And hold on, on Waring, like I know he's he's practiced only a handful of times in camp, right. but when he practiced in Green Bay, oh wow, yikes, wow. he lit those guys up. Like he, he looked did. really good. So and he's getting kind of a little bit of guff, right? Like oh, this guy, well, I've seen that on Twitter from some folks. And I'm telling you, man, do not sleep on this this guy. He's He's oh my gosh! He is a specimen. He is an athlete, and and he'll show everybody that. Yeah. It's, it it may take some time just dealing with the injuries he's dealt with thus far, but when he gets on the field, he makes some things happen. So my point in all that is there, there you can't keep five. Somebody's going to go play for somebody else this year. And I I said the other day, Gerald Adams, you know the Patriots. I hate to even say it, but the Patriots. You know, it's kind of the the perfect scenario. It's like they're looking for some tight. They're they're looking for tight ends and they're looking for pass catchers. Well, what better way than to look at this somebody from this offense mm-hmm. who knows it, who is dynamic in the preseason? I hate to even bring it up. I I wish there was a way you could keep all five. There just isn't. I mean, I, I hate that, but they have been all kinds of phenomenal. Okay, John, your two surprises. Let's start with the first one. It all is right. so. Here's my question. I maybe should have asked this earlier. No, can, this is the beauty of a podcast. We can kind of screw I, around and yeah, just chit-chat and veer off can topic it, Can it time. be rookies? It can, sure. Can it be a, can it be a rookie? Of course. Well, of course. 
I'll, I'll give you one that I think is. This is our pod. This is your podcast and mine, so we can do whatever we want. No, that's true. It's a good point. I'll give you one that's off the beaten path a little bit. I like Chris Johnson safety. Okay, and the first few days of practice, I remember walking in here and AJ Moore was was crushing it. He He's was making having, plays, man. At safety, he was making a ton of plays, interceptions. I mean, he was. And I remember we kind of sat in here, we talked about it, and we're like, okay, the four safeties are set. The four safeties are set. It's going to be uh, Justin Reed, Sean Gibson, Jalila Dye, and A.J. Moore. Right. Four. Now, if you go five, okay, then there's some questions of who the fifth is going to be. But we were like, those are the four. Mm-hmm. No doubt, those are the four. And then a couple guys get banged up. You know, T-Gip's been out for a couple days. You know, Jay Reed got hurt in that practice against the Lions. Um and then A.J. Moore uh, got a concussion against the Packers, and so now you're down two, three guys. Chris Johnson so was on the field on Everybody's got to step up. Yeah. And so when they went their first sub package, you know, I look out there and Chris Johnson's out there. And the thing was is I, I, I noticed him in the, in the week of the, the Packers. I shouldn't say I noticed him then, but I, I've kept an eye on him for a while just because I watch a guy and he's smooth. He's got a good build. He's not scared to come up and strike you. He – Cover some ground. Now, he struggled a little bit early because I remember one, one practice he got stuck against Jordan Aikens one-on-one. It's like, yeah, man, that's going to that's, that's, – He's going to win a lot of those mismatches. Yeah, because, you know, Aikens is 6'5", 6'6", 250, and Chris is a safety size. He's 6'1", 200. But then I kept noticing Johnson was would make a play here. He'd make a play there. And then you start seeing him because of those injuries against the Lions. They go the first dime unit, and Chris is on the field. He's playing one of those safety positions. And second or third play of that series, Johnson reads Matt Stafford's eyes, go takes him to the ball, gets a pick. And you know it's that like, pick happened? I had just sent a text to you guys, you and Vandermeer and Deepy, mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, Reed's walking off the field. Yeah. And I hit send, and I look up, yeah. bam, that pick happens by yeah. Johnson. And a couple plays later, it's a little dive, uh, has a pick. Uh-huh. And I look at a guy like Chris Johnson, and I think, man, the numbers get tight. The numbers get tight on a rookie, an undrafted rookie, especially when you have some depth, you have some experience, and guys like Gibson and Reed and uh, Jalila Dye, and then A.J. Moore is a guy that was here last year and play special teams, and I think Chris could, could be on special teams if he were asked to, but he has consistently, day after day after day, gotten better. You know, it's a whole 1% better. He's gotten like 2 or 3% better every day. So he's on. he was on the field with the sub package. He came up and, was, and sh- he struck a couple dudes on Saturday night against the Lions, and I just look at his build, I look at his, his range, the ability to run, and I think, man, maybe there's something there. And look, maybe maybe don't make the 53-man roster, but he's the kind of guy I could see coming back on practice squad feeling like, wow. Um, so I don't know, I, and, and I, I feel kind of bad saying, oh, it's a, he, he's a surprise. No, he, that's, but a surprise. I think, that's a surprise. That's a, that's a genuine, bona fide surprise. For the people listening to this, you've not heard a lot about Chris Johnson. Right. You just... It, He's come from a small school. Right. He wasn't drafted. I mean, it's that's a natural. That's a good pick. So who's my other one? Well, you're going to have to go to the In the Lab podcast, HoustonTexans.com. Go check it out on iTunes to figure out who my second one was. It was a veteran wide receiver. Yeah, you'll have to go check that out to see who I picked as my second surprise. Got a lot of people to thank. Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson, D.P. Sidhu, Buddy Howell, Drew Doherty, D.J. Reader, and Jalil Adai. And you guys for listening, you all the very best. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.